Well, are you ready? Ready to go back? No, no. Are, are you... Last week, last week, when we reviewed Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, I was like, okay, Carl, take the reins. This is your this is your gig. It's your show. This is your format. We're we're reviewing a show, <laughs> which means you're ready to walk us through it and 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 take the and you were like, duh, duh I, I don't know what to do. I don't. I didn't. <laughs> I got nothing. And I was like, okay, well, so moving forward, like next week, you'll know that this is like, this is your this is your shit, and you and you got this. So so are you are, are you ready? <laughs> I don't have notes again, but I watched it twice. Oh, okay, so, so you're set. Yeah, you're set. So you're set. I, Hel- yeah. Hello Not and welcome the- to the Movie Men Podcast. <laughs> what? Movie Men Podcast? Is this the B team? Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it is. That's Carl. And uh, that's not Brady. Sure, it sure as hell is. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Mandalorian season three, episode two. Mm-hmm. Brief recap: I was not <clears throat> over the moon about episode one. I didn't hate it, but I was like, ah, compared to other premiere, to like season premieres, it was left a lot on the table, left a lot to be desired. So <clears throat> I was highly anticipating. Not not like I didn't have high expectations, but I was anticipating. Episode two, because I was like, okay, let's, um, you know, let's see. Let's see if you bring it back from the brink. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to get into this episode and see whether or not it did that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to me. Talk to me about Mandalorian season three, episode two. Yeah. Well, uh, we go back to Tatooine every yeah, Star Wars. Because it's Mandalorian. TV show and movie's favorite place to go, apparently. Yeah, but you know what? The Mandalorian's worse. for It's the worst for, like, the Mandalorian, if, if I'm going to say something negative about the show, <clears throat> has based a lot of its, its, like, fan moments, happy, like, it's just, it's, the show is so full of, hey, hey, remember this? <laughs> oh, oh, they said this name. Oh, ooh, you remember? You remember. <laughs> the member and, berries. <laughs> and it's just so chocked full of it. Like, we're on Tatooine. We don't know why we're on. This is, literally could be any planet anywhere ever. But we've decided to make it Tatooine. Uh, we need to introduce a new droid in this episode. Well... We haven't Not a heard. New droid. We haven't heard from the droid that malfunctioned at the beginning of New <laughs> Hope in a while. Let's bring that back for no <laughs> earthly explainable reason whatsoever. Why the stars have aligned? Why fate has brought this stupid droid into the possession of the character in this show? That's so, th- that's all I'm going to say. That's my that that is one gripe that I have. Yeah. I I so do enjoy those moments, but I'm I mean, also it's the weakest part of the episode for sure. Well, I, I just mean the series in general. Like I do enjoy those moments oh, when they happen. When I'm like, um, oh yeah, I remember this. But then also, I reach the point where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah same booth. It it same depends booth, on but- how hard they hit you over the head with the member berry. 
Oh, it's the same booth the, that Greedo was shot in. And that's where the they're member sitting. The member berry stick. The members berry stick hurts. So when they hit you over the head with it really hard, it hurts. Yeah. But when remember they give the you cantina? a nice little gentle tap, it feels good. Yeah. This is a cantina. You remember the cantina? Yeah. So like, yeah, things like going into the cantina, that's, I think that's like a soft tap because they completely f- change it. And it's like, it's the same cantina, but it's, it's vastly different, right? But now. it's the it's same run, cantina in the same city. But it's run by droids, right? Which is, planet. which is an interesting kind of flip. Yeah, but but, it's, but I it, think R five is an in, is like it's like a hard slap on the head because R so five we've seen this droid all over the place in the past in past stuff. But what are you talking about he's always in the background somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, okay, right. Well, that's just now an Easter to egg bring is him to bring him to the foreground and make him a main character again. Or, I mean, for the first time, <laughs> for the for, again, he's like, oh, this is like, so is, my first, like, it's a, it's a real hard slap with the member berry stick. My first question when R five shows up in this episode is, so new motivator, or do you still have a bad motivator? Like, what? <laughs> he's not very motivated to do anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so yes, like, we're back on Tatooine. Oh, like, it, so it's a, it's a cool member berry but it's like he, he it those those things are always in my opinion better in the background and just give us a new droid or give us one of her pit droids to do it or you know what i mean yeah um i feel like that is better writing r5 is a cool character because in the legends expanded universe Oh, here we he's, go. He's got all kinds of really cool lore around him about how he was a rebel, part of the Rebel Alliance to overthrow the Empire. And he knew that R2-D2 had the plan. So that's why he purposely made his motivator blow so that which I call take bullshit R2 on, over him. Pardon? I call which I call BS on, but whatever. Well, it's, it's all is, post. It's all writing to 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 give reason to why things happen, right? But it, it didn't even that. But that was so stupid because that's something that doesn't need reason. It was a faulty droid that they almost accidentally purchased, and so they purchased this one instead. And it just turned out to be lucky that that that's how things <laughs> went. Like it, it didn't need any. Like hmm. I don't know that anyone's going to buy that this droid shorted out. <laughs> Why? Well, it's Nobody just fun backstory that. for this. It's, it's expanded universe stuff. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Only okay. only people that care about it are going to dive into it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're back on Tatooine. <laughs> but anyway, so we go back to Tatooine because Din Djarin okay. still needs a droid to so that he can go back to Mandalore and redeem himself. Which I also so, call bullshit on this. I call bullshit because here's the thing. Listen, so much of Mandalore, the Mandalorian's character, so much of Din's character has been, they've, they've drilled it into us. He does not like droids. He does not trust droids. He's not going to work with a droid. The first droid that he ever gained a soft spot for was IG-11, right? And in the first episode of this season... He attempts to reactivate IG-11, which is also bullshit. And I I hoped that if, because they explained to us, or it, it's, it's, it's known that 
these seasons take place over the course of several years. Like this isn't this isn't like some weekend in the Outer Rim. This is like it, a lot of time has passed, as is evident by whatever the 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 place that was you know is now like the trading market place. Yeah, like a lot of time has passed, and so had Din successfully reacted IG Eleven. There should have, there would have been, there should have been some dialogue between IG Eleven going, "What the hell? It's been three years. It's been three years, and you've just decided to to get me back. <laughs> I've been standing in the center of this market as a statue. What the hell?" But so that's not what happened. <laughs> no, I know because he's not. But it was still. It was like he's like, "This is the droid that I trust," and I was sad to see him go and. All of these things, but then you just left him there for years. I don't. I don't think he ever said he was sad. He's no, just he saying seems, that this is the only droid I can't. I want to trust. IG Eleven detects sadness when when IG Eleven's about to sacrifice himself. He's like, I'm. You know, I'm a medical droid. I'm reading your vitals. I know that you're. I know you're sad to see me go. IG Eleven calls him out on it, and so he's supposedly has a soft spot for this droid. And then just like friggin' leaves him dead for all this time when apparently he had the notion that he was it, anyways, whatever. So I hate droids. I hate droids. I don't like droids. I won't work with droids. I don't trust droids, blah, blah, blah. There's only one droid that I'll work with. It's absolutely crucial that I get this droid back online because that's the droid that that's the only droid I can trust. Oh, that droid's not going to work. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll take this one. What? <clears throat> Like, I don't know, that just seemed so bizarre to me that so much of his character has been, I don't work with droids, and IG-11 was the one exception, and now this astromech is just like, he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take this one then. I feel like you're missing two major plot points here, though. Well, then explain it to me, sir. Well, I feel like you're missing the point that the fact that he's come to care about the IG unit droid Shows character growth. That, yeah, but he still okay, hasn't he had another and droid. Will work with droids when needed. Yeah, but he still hasn't had another droid in the last three years. <clears throat> and, True, and it wasn't like when he decided to go to Mandalore. It <clears throat> wasn't like okay, I need to find myself a droid. It was I need to find IG Eleven because that was but the only one. The second and more important point that you're missing here is this is. This quest he's on to redeem himself is is the most important thing to him. Yeah, like well, he's without being a Mandal. He he is to him to himself right now in this in this storyline. He is not a Mandalorian. He doesn't right. believe he's a Mandalorian, right? Because of the the only way, and that that is the only thing he knows. That is the only thing he wants to be. That is the only thing that matters to him outside of Grogu. But, but, it, but it matters. But, but him being uh, becoming a Mandalorian is import, so important because Grogu. He wants Grogu to be a part of that as well. So if he's right. not a part of okay. it, Grogu can't be a part of it. And I'll, he needs okay. and wants I'll Grogu accept, to be. I'll accept so that. It's there's there's a there's a necessity. No, like, I get. I get. Needs, I got it. He needs a droid. I got you. To, to test the air to see if it's safe I, I got for him you. to walk around. I got right? you. So I think those two things 
are more than reasonable for him to accept this our uh, this astromech droid as a as as a suitable replacement for IG and as as a tool. I don't think he sees it as like a partner or there's going to be a relationship there. It's a tool for him to use to finish his quest. Right. I I, I will buy that <coughs> as long as we agree that we have to accept the fact, it, it, we have to ignore the fact that it's absolutely ridiculous that even in our day, even 2023, here on Earth, far less technically advanced Earth than, than the Star Wars universe. We have handheld devices and computers that will test atmospheres. The only thing that he can do is find some droid? That's bullshit. There's so many different, like, scanners and held-held devices in the Star Wars universe that could test, that could analyze the atmosphere and tell him whether or not it's safe. But that if we ignore that stupid, major, glaring plot hole, then sure. It, then, yes, he needed a droid in order to test the atmosphere. Yeah. But even you got to admit that surely there's something else. There's some sort of handheld device or scanner on the oh, ship probably. or whatever. Yeah. But that doesn't anyway. mean he knows how to use it. Well, yeah, and that also but removes the potential to like, bring back an unnecessary legacy character. But yes, yeah, I agree. Like you you've got yeah, you're you're going down a what if or, or kind of tunnel, but whenever you go down that kind of what if tunnel, there's always the opposite arguments are always just as valid. Uh-huh. Anyways, so, so he gets anyway. IG, yeah, so he's back on the because he needs a droid. Yeah, so we meet. C, he goes to Pelimoto because he knows Peli and trusts Peli, and they built the starfighter. And well, he's a she's a recurring character, so why the hell not? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> hasn't and, appeared in this you know, season yet, so we might as well write her in. Another f- fun member, Barry. That's. It's a fairly hard whack by the member Barry Stick too. I think is that it's, it's it's Bunta Eve. Well, of course it is. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but uh, so one of the something really interesting that was pointed out uh, in a breakdown video I watched on YouTube of the episode was that <clears throat> the. The person she's talking to, the Rodian at the beginning, is very well dressed. So, either there's uh, the conclusion that the the YouTuber came to was either well, one of two things has happened: either a, Boon to Eve has become so popular on Tatooine that off-worlders with lots of money show up, or b, the same thing is happening to Tatooine under. Boba Fett's rule that has that has happened on that uh, other planet that Mando visited on Episode One, and that sort of the the wealth of the city has kind of gone up because the corruption's gone down. I think it's a far simpler explanation. I think in I don't know if it's season one or season two when Mando needs something, he needs like the ship fixed or he needs whatever. He clearly overpays her in credits. She's like, oh, it's not going to come free or cheap or whatever. And then he's like, 
he's so like just fo- you know he's got money that he doesn't care about because he's on whatever quest he's on and he's like you know will this do and she like her eyes go like her eyes like glaze over and she like try she plays it off cool she's like yeah yeah that'll be fine or or whatever but she's clearly like he's clearly given her 30 times what this job is worth and 30 times what she was asking for and so i think he's he just overpaid her and that's just a call back to the fact that you know now she's kind of doing well for herself after he gave her all those credits <clears throat> i think you're, you're missing my point the rodian was well dressed the rodian oh. looked like he was doing really well okay okay <laughs> and even <clears throat> even kind of the the kind of pan in shot where they had some street racing going on and stuff like this the city looked cleaner and in better condition yeah which i think is definitely a a progression of no longer being you know the galaxy is no longer under the thumb of the empire for sure yeah and we book of fed has happened so yeah under book of fed's rule there's less corruption happening in yeah tatooine on tatooine now at least his corner of it so so that's that was i thought that was kind of neat that that kind of take but yeah this is really weakest part of the episode really is just kind of a, a means to an end for him to get a droid. Um, and it's not, doesn't, it's not a very long scene either because the next, next thing we know, we're, we're a bag in space yep. and we're headed to Mandalore. To Mandalore. Even though and everyone's Mandalore like, it doesn't is, exist. You're wasting your time. It's not there. Yeah. Mandalore is screwed up. <laughs> It's nothing but a big storm cloud on top and does not look uh, habitable once he breaks through the clouds. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty pretty crazy. We get also, yeah, we get a, a cool a kind of a little heartwarming scene of and it's a important scene too because for later we get Mando teaching Grogu how to navigate the galaxy a bit saying, yeah. you know, this is Mandalore, this is where I grew up. Bo-Katan's planet is the next one out in terms of the ring of planets that circle the sun here. <clears throat> yeah. So those, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, moving along the timeline in the episode, droid goes into a cave. Droid disappears off the sensors. Mandu's got to go in and save his butt. And we get some really cool looking aliens. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did they call them? Uh, I should start making notes again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, they're pretty cool looking. They, um, one of the cool things about star Wars, is kind of, especially with the, the practical effects is the, the suits, the, the monster and alien suits that <clears throat> are made. And this is like, you know, another unique suit and it looks cool. I like it. I think it's uh pretty cool. What did you think they were, they were neat? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Did you think? Yeah. I, t- I mean, I take issue with sort of the, the design of the show overall, just in the sense that like, I'm, I, it, it's especially after Andor, it's becoming increasingly apparent to me that this is all shot on a volume stage. And so 
I just constantly have this, like, I think I'm pulled out of noticing fun design things because it all feels like it exists somewhere between, like, it it all exists somewhere between, like, a movie or what we saw in Andor and, like, a really well CGI'd video game cutscene. Like, it's just, I'm constantly not buying the background or you know the ships will take off and i'm like you could have spent an extra five minutes on on selling this shot to me and like i yeah i don't know i i didn't i don't think i had that issue i i maybe i just don't have an eye for it it's <laughs> just possible but <clears throat> yeah i didn't i was there, there were there was one point i was wondering if they they kind of have been using more practical effects than in the past because of what Andor did. It's po- it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand the um I don't understand <clears throat> why like I don't understand the structure over at Lucasfilm. Like I don't know why Mando's being shot so much on the volume stage and then and then Andor wasn't, and then now season three of Mando, and we're back on the volume stage. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. And Obi Wan, a lot of Obi Wan was practical. Like it was not; they didn't really utilize the volume stage near as much as as Mandalorian does. So I, I don't know. I don't know why they pick and choose or what decides that. Yeah, I, I don't know. <clears throat> um, we see a Mando use the dark saber again, and. He he really struggles to <laughs> use this thing. Well, um, yeah, I mean, and I it, it uh, it's um, I think it was really important that we see like he he loses his weapon here and that we ha- he has to use it again because it'll it plays kind of I think it plays uh, a really important role in like uh it was Book of Fett that. We, the armor kind of talks about why he struggles with it. And it's kind of for, for whatever reason, the dark saber is kind of, I forget how, how they word it, but essentially it's heavy and unwieldy. If you like, don't know who you are. Right. And, and like I said earlier, this episode, like Mando is, not who he wants to be because he's not a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So he's struggling to use it. Cause later a- in the episode, we see Bo-Katan use it and she wields it like it's light as a feather. I think there's also, I mean, there's <clears throat> also probably an aspect to it's like, this is a weapon that Bo-Katan is familiar with. She had it for a while. She used it for a while. And it's not one that like you look at, other lightsabers throughout Star Wars lore or other lightsaber wielders. And so much of what makes you good and proficient with a lightsaber is your ability to to tap into and use the force. And so I think that in order to be good with this type of a weapon and not be tapped into the force, it takes the the time and experience that someone like Bo-Katan has had with it. 
So, but, uh, yes, but I think it's a mix of that no. and what you were saying. Right. Like they've, they've very much built the lore in, in Mandal, the Mandalorian book of Fett and in rebels and everything, uh, Disney's produced that has the dark saber. They very much made, made a strong point of saying, yes, this is a lightsaber, but it acts very differently than the way a traditional lightsaber does. Anybody can pick up a lightsaber and wield it well if they train and wield it very well if they're, they have the force. The dark saber only is, is, is unwieldy if you're, you're, you're not centered, if you're not, uh, right with yourself and, and kind of the world around, you know what I mean? Like there's this weird thing with the dark saber where it's got, uh, even more of a connection with the user. So Bo-Katan can use it because Bo-Katan knows who she is. Right. She knows what she, she knows what her goals are. She knows what she stands for. She knows what she's about. Where Din Djarin, he, he's, he's not who he wants to be. He, he doesn't, the, the, outside of redeeming himself, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Right? Like, he, he he's lost. He's essentially lost right now. Yeah. So, and, um, the, the rebels series goes into this a bit because one of the main characters on the rebels crew is a Mandalorian. And when she wields it for the first time, she also has kind of similar struggles that, uh, Din Djarin has. And she kind of, throughout several episodes kind of overcomes that and starts to wield it much more proficiently. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it it is, it is a lightsaber knowing how to wield a weapon like that is helpful, but like you watch Din Djarin wield it in this episode and it looks like it weighs a hundred tons. Right. You can barely lift it off the ground when he turns it on. Right. Where when Bo-Katan takes it and, it's light as a feather. Yeah. Right. She's swirling it around like it's nothing. So yeah, I, th- I think, yeah. That, so we get to see that play out again, which is I think important for the episode. And then, yeah, we dive deeper into Mandalore. The air is clean. The, the stories he's heard are lies. It's not cursed. And he starts looking for the, the, the living waters <laughs> as they were. And we get to see some really cool shots of a destroyed Mandalorian city. Um, at least I thought they were cool. Yeah. And definitely think? like, yeah, like it took me back to, um, like it took me back to seeing shots in Clone Wars. Right. Mm. And just like picturing what Mandalorian cities look like. And then, yeah, yeah, those seeing, dome cities. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the devastation was, yeah, that was cool. <clears throat> and then Din Djarin finds the helmet. And in the words of Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> yep. And man, this was freaky. This, like, this whole episode, like, took a dark turn real quick. <laughs> This little weird kind of cyborg, half alien and half uh, robot creature 
who lives off the blood of its enemies <laughs> has captured a Mandalore knows how to capture Mandalorians and kill them. Yeah, man. Oh, and is creepy has been hiding there waiting how long for another Mandalorian. Yeah. To come by. And like, kind of like those creatures previous, like cool character design. Oh yeah. I thought <clears throat> like he's, he's actually kind of small, fairly small. Not like, like not like human size, but not like short, short, like wrote, you know, like he's kind of somewhere in between like a couple, four or five feet tall. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, oh man. Yeah. And then Grogu tries to get Andor, uh, buddy, uh, Mando out and fails and books it for the surface and tries to get help. And yeah, he, uh, <laughs> ends up using the force and doesn't fall unconscious. Mm-hmm. He's, he's becoming better. And then kind of calling back to that previous, uh, scene, he, makes his way to Bo-Katan and gets help. <laughs> you have any thoughts so far? Should I keep going? Uh, no. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, <clears throat> The one part of this episode that I don't buy or that I'm just like, Something about Grogu flying the jet or like going, I get Grogu probably wasn't like, you know, actually navigating and flying. But well, he's got R5. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, something about that seemed like R5 probably could have done that without Grogu. Like I thought that that was, it was just, a, it was, it was purely set up the way it was just to have a cute Grogu moment. Like it, it, it didn't necessarily make sense to me narratively r5 r5 could have say gone by himself yeah we see that all the time luke or anakin or whatever tells r2 to take off and go do whatever and yeah but they can't communicate with r5 oh she can't communicate with grogu grogu doesn't talk so i'm now (laughs) right there's more people there there are enough people who can understand Right, like Bo Katan could have like looked at the the computer inside the cockpit or whatever, and had the translation from R five or like there could have been a way. How to- does how does R five know to leave if Grogu doesn't come up and get back in the starfighter? But then, how does Grogu communicate with R five where they need to go and what the hell's happening? Grogu doesn't talk. It's just like coos like a little baby. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like there's 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 some leaps here that are taken in uh, order to have this cute Grogu in the cockpit I, image. I suppose there's some suspension of disbelief, but Grogu knows what planet Bo-Katan's on. And then we've seen him interact with the world around him with some proficiency. I'm yeah. sure he could point to the planet and be like, ah, 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 and R5's just like, all right, I'll go there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like we, uh, we get that that kind of setup where <clears throat> Din Djarin's teaching him, like this is where Bo-Katan is. And this is kind of the payoff to that. Y- yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It, it still just, for me, it was like, <clears throat> it was just one of those things that, yeah, I just, the leaps that needed to be taken were, were kind of 
glaringly obvious to me. A little, a little bit too much for you. Yeah, they were just kind of like, yeah, this is what's happening. Accept it. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. I would probably be there with you if they didn't have the setup. Because I think the I think the better way to do it would have been to have R five come with them, and R five be able to witness what's happening, and maybe capture a a hologram of it and then go to Bo-Katan and just play the hologram. Right. Right. Like, you don't get that cute Grogu in the cockpit moment and maybe well, it's not yeah, as fun I, or as interesting, but, but at least then you're like, okay, this tracks with, hmm. this tracks with everything we know about Star Wars. Yeah. I, I feel like these scenes definitely pay off differently for us because <clears throat> yeah the, the setup of Grogu learning how to navigate the galaxy pays off for him being able to get get the ship to Bo-Katan's planet him him being the only one in the ship outside of the droid like the Mandalorian leaving Grogu on his own like to fly the ship if I'm in Bo-Katan's place, I know something's wrong because what I know of Din Djarin, he would never leave Bo- uh, this kid alone like that. He would yeah, never send maybe. this kid off into the space by himself. So maybe. something's wrong. Download the droid. Find out where he is. So, I mean, that, that to me, it, it didn't, it wasn't, didn't feel like that much of a leap of suspension of disbelief for me, but I, I guess it, yeah, just kind of hit differently for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a cute moment. It's fun. Like it, you know, if what they're after is Grogu looking cute in a cockpit, then they succeed. And you know, I'm like, whatever. I'm all for it. I just I didn't in even that find moment, it cute. I just I found it like, well, this is shit's hitting the fan. This oh, is serious. But I mean, the the image of the of the Naboo fighter landing and. And it's just a shot of like Grogu looking out of the cockpit, sticking like, his head out. It's a cute image. It's yeah. It's okay, not a cute. It's not a cute moment, but like the the imagery of it is right because you know as much as I do that like two weeks from now they could announce a Hot Toys, which is the Naboo <laughs> fighter with Grogu in the cockpit, and we'd yeah. all be like, ah, look at that! I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I don't feel like that's the the reason they did it. Oh, they're that that they're selling t-shirts at this point. But anyways, move on. Yeah. Okay. So they end up going back. <clears throat> Grogu leads Bo-Katan, same path. Uh Bo-Katan easily takes out a bunch of these uh oh friggin' what are they called? I gotta figure out what they're called. Uh monsters, aliens. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know what that one is. I know what the the monster in the in the water is, but oh um, no, I know what that is too. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, yeah. I'm talking about the three, yeah. four aliens that it's I don't know. Whatever, the scary. But she takes things. them out fairly easy, more easily than <clears throat> uh, uh, Din Djarin did. I think. Well, I get I get the and impression. we get this fun moment where she's like Grogu's surprised, and she's like. What, you think your dad's the only one that's a badass? <laughs> yeah, I get the impression. Look, like, we don't know a whole shit ton about Din's past. But I, like, like what he's done since being a kid, like, his time as a Mandalorian. 
But I don't, I get the impression that Bo-Katan has a lot more warrior experience than Din does. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, he's probably a more yeah, well, I mean, experienced fighter. You've watched the Clone Wars. You've seen that yeah. she, she definitely has more experience. Well, even in season you know, one, right? We Watch see, and all that. Yeah, yeah, even in season one, we see Din get his ass handed to him by a bunch of Jawas. <laughs> right? So, like, I, <laughs> yeah. like you know, he's, he's, he's not, a rough he's not as seasoned. Edges. No. Even, well, even though he's like, he's, he's kind of really proficient. He's not, yeah. Bo-Katan's kind of on another level combat-wise, for sure. Yeah. And then we see her do it again to our creepy alien cyborg. Mm-hmm. Another cool fight scene. Yeah. And uh, and she nurses Din back to consciousness. Yeah. And offers to take them back to her place and Ooh. Uh, set the <laughs> get. Well, that's where Din's starfighter is. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> but he's just like, no, it's also I'm where, here. I, it's also I'm, where I'm here. I might as well do is. what I want to do. Well, yeah, so, he's he's like steadfast. He's like, yeah, it's yeah. The, well, like, I, yeah, like I've been saying, it's the only thing that matters right now to him. Yeah, idiot. For his sake, for his uh, adopted son's sake, this is the only thing that matters. Yeah. So she ends up relenting and leads him to the living waters. Uh huh. And she reads a little bit of script that's written on a plaque somewhere about the, uh, what is it? It's a kind of a, pro- is it the prophecy or is it what the waters are all about? I can't remember. I don't know. I I think it's the prophecy. I'm, a- I'm anti-Mandalorian culture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> as she's reading this, he's just like taking off all his weapons, his jetpack. <clears throat> and then he starts reciting the same creed that we heard being recited in the beginning of the first episode. And just as he finishes, he takes his last step and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts when you saw him disappear? The what? The monster? No, no. When you saw it, when Din took that step and just oh. like was gone. I did. I don't know. He's hard to like. He he's the Din's the type of guy that like seems like at face value he kind of seems like a dick. <laughs> like really, if you if you think about like the people he has interactions with a lot of the time, but it's just because he's like so focused on what he like. I he's not good at emotion. He's not, he's, he's focused, probably not, he's serious, not he's emotional, not probably real great at thank yous. He's not really in touch with his soft side. Like, so I think he, yeah. I think that's just, you know, I think that's just him is that he just like, he would find sticking around and being grateful and whatever uncomfortable as much as he maybe feels gratitude. He just, you know, like that's just who he is. Right. So when he falls, when he disappears in the water, that doesn't answer my question. Oh, when he falls in the water. When he disappears in the water. I like yeah, he, he's, totally he's taking it. He's, yeah, he's yeah, baptizing yeah, yeah, yeah. himself. Um, he, he takes a step and he disappears. Yeah. I thought trash compactor. I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my initial thought too. Yeah. I thought like, you know, 
<clears throat> it, that there's some sort of monster in here. Yeah. Clearly that's pulled him down. Um, <clears throat> did you continue to think that? Like at what point did that thought process break? Cause I thought the same thing. And for me, it wasn't until Bo- like Bo-Katan starts swimming down or jetpacking down, like, and she, but she does instantly. She doesn't hesitate. So, but, uh, it was, uh, yeah. Like when she start, kind of starts keep going down and down, I was like, part of me started thinking, oh, maybe, maybe it's not a monster. And then he, she finds her at the bottom, him at the bottom. It's like, oh, he just, he just missed the step. Yeah. <laughs> He just fell. What did like? What point did it hit for you that it wasn't a monster? Um, not really ever. Like not until not until he was like back out of the water because it it was also possible. Like just because we see a shot of him underwater and he doesn't have a tentacle wrapped around his ankle doesn't mean he didn't right. And so <sighs> I think that was uh, the whole time I was just kind of like, what is happening here? Because even if you like, I don't know, like maybe, like, I don't know how heavy Beskar is. Like maybe, maybe he just went in, you know, which case, what are you doing going into the water anyways, <laughs> unless on. you think it's only waist deep. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. The whole time, the whole time I was kind of like, what is happening and what is going to happen. And it wasn't until they were back on shore because I'm like, even as she's pulling them out, something could come up and grab them. Like, is there something in this water? So that wasn't until they were kind of back on dry land. You were like, Oh, Oh, he just, just, he was just a klutz. Yeah. He just can't swim. Just a klutzy move. And the armor pulled him down. (laughs) Which is gotta be what it is. Right. Like he just, so then his armor is because his armor is like straight up Beskar. His armor's just that much heavier than hers. Well, she's her hers is Beskar too. Yeah, but, but he didn't have his jetpack on. Right, right. <clears throat> so, like, I still I, it I just can't imagine like it's suicide. I can't run. imagine it's super heavy because they move around with such ease. But at the same time, you know, like if you're wearing just normal clothes and you jump into a pool, it's really hard to swim. Yeah, but you can like you add some weights to that, even even weights that are comfortable to lift, and it's even harder. Yeah, but I, yeah. He also just didn't seem to really be trying. I mean, like, <laughs> well, he I, disappears he just, pretty quick, and we don't see him again until he's laying at the bottom. That's that's fair. But <laughs> then once he's laying on the bottom, he's not. <clears throat> yeah, that doing that much. was like uh, when he was laying at the bottom. I was kind of like, that's that's one thing. I'm just like. Why was he just laying there? Was he just thinking about, ah, I'm finally Mandalorian again and just basking in it? Or was he just laying there because he realized I'm fucked unless somebody comes and saves me. So I'll just chill out here because my helmet's sealed. (laughs) Right. I'm, I also wonder like, you know, if I was Din, would I not ask everyone to leave the room so I could like leave my helmet on, but strip down to my skivvies because, <laughs> cause like it's going to take a long time for that shit to air dry. Like, I'm just <laughs> thinking like how gross is he under that, under that armor? 
Yeah. And I've thought that many times. It's like, I never take my helmet off. And I'm like, oh, so you've got acne like a friggin' like, I'm just like, or your hair. Your nose is ugly. Yeah, And then anytime he does like that, we've seen him take his helmet off. It's like, you look like you got a haircut in the last couple of days. Like what? <laughs> Shouldn't you be like the man in the iron mask like he's, he's, all, just, he's, he's only allowed to take it off when no one's around he yeah, can so take what it he's off cu- i guess he's cutting his own hair is yeah, yeah. and he's like because like he's you, always you're allowed shaving. he's allowed to take care of himself he yeah. just can't do it when people are around but still like you know, i just you know and it's the only outfit he owns <laughs> yeah like nobody else has uh, got any clothes <laughs> yeah. other clothes maybe, all the maybe mandalorian armor has a self-drying feature Oh, I highly doubt that. The flamethrower. Uh, they just flamethrow themselves. Yes, <sighs> yes, seems safe. That's probably <laughs> totally what it is. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's why he keeps going back to Tatooine. Dry himself <laughs> out. It's so dry. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, on the way up, uh, as Bo-Katan's rescuing him, we get a big reveal. Something really cool. I, I don't know about you. I freaked out a little bit when I saw it. How, what happened? Did you freak out when you saw the mythosaur? Um, I didn't freak out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was. I think my thing is like, is it? Is that? Is it going to become a thing, or did we just see it as like a look? There's a moment. Thing. Oh, I think it's gonna be a thing. Because that's it's gonna be I a mean, thing for two reasons. So for wait, so for those who don't know, um, a mythosaur. I don't believe we've <laughs> like even in any of the cartoons or whatever. Like we've never seen one appear. No, we've just seen the representation of the skull. So at the very beginning yeah, so of I was sorry. So I was just gonna episode, say I was gonna the, say the mythosaur skulls on the wall. Yeah, and I was gonna say for brain those brain. who don't know. That Mandalorian insignia, anytime you see like a Mandalorian flag or whatever, that kind of like looks like a, looks like a, kind of weird bullhead. Kind of like a weird bullhead. That's, that's a mythosaur skull. So it's, it's, the mythosaur is very intrinsic, not intrinsic. It's very integral to sort of the Mandalorian history and lore and culture. Yeah, and they they dive into that a bit in this episode. That's one of the things Bo-Katan reads about. It's <clears throat> the um, there's a one of the prophecies that Din Djarin's sect of Mandalorians believe is that a Mandalore or, or a Mythosaur will rise up and people will um, the, the 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 Mandalorian people will rally and yeah. Which it seems like may happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think <clears throat> it's not just like a, a <clears throat> sort of a, a glimpse and then it's over moment. <clears throat> I think we're going to see like the full on mythosaur here uh, before the end of the season. I think it's going to play a big role because Bo-Katan, uh, spoilers for the next episode, like Bo-Katan doesn't tell anybody she saw whoa, it. He didn't whoa, see it. whoa, whoa. Well, I mean, whatever. I said spoilers. <laughs> Should I have waited longer? Yeah, well, like, until the next episode. It's it's um, yeah, like 
either either Bo Katan's going to try and like ride it and tame it to be able to claim the title of Mandalore, which is one of the things the first the, the first Mandalore, the first leader of the Mandalorians did to claim that title because she can't take the dark saber without fighting din and she doesn't really want to fight din so the only like that's that's a she does want to lead her people though so that's a way she could do it um or we could see the mandalorian do it like there's all kinds of really cool opportunities for this mythosaur to come into play yeah i'm excited i freaked out i seen it i was like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> audibly <laughs> uh and so that kind of takes us to the end yeah yeah it uh, pretty much ends there with them on the dry land so sir mandalorian season two episode season three episode two dyslexia uh win or fail oh i love this episode i thought it was great the 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 tatooine was kind of a bad the, the worst part of it but that was quickly over with and the rest of it was awesome. And uh, what did you think? Although I, I feel like I know what you're going to say. It's not a screaming win, but it is a win. Um, like if I had to give it a number value, it'd be like a seven. Hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. It's definitely better than the last episode. Um, but there's yeah. still room for, I don't know, still room to, yeah, I to really liked get me it. into it more. <clears throat> I watched it. I watched it the Wednesday it came out. And then I watched it this past Wednesday, right before watching the, the third episode. So I watched two and three back to back. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, liking this episode and following us on whatever, uh, podcasting, network app thing you consume your podcasts on uh check out our facebook instagram and twitter all listed below those are our social media links in case anyone doesn't know what facebook instagram and twitter are um check out our patreon it's a great way to support the show little as a buck a month and check out our merch page because uh you know you you're gonna want to change your clothes after you go into the the living waters to to re some re- dry inst- duds to reinstitute yourself into this cult that you're a part of because because uh, that's that's feeling more and more to me every day. The Mandalorian <laughs> is just this big cult. Yeah, <laughs> several different cults. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Teach their own. <laughs>